Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. For this edition, Bill dips back into the Veterans Corner archives and shares with you a program we played on the air prior to the birth of the podcasts. His guest is the Honorable Judge Gregory P. Holder, 13th Judicial Circuit, Civil Division. Judge Holder discusses the origins and current operations of the Hillsborough Veterans Court. He also talks about this particular court being unique and how it is currently being looked at as a model for a federal veterans court. One note we should make is that Judge Holder references a federal act in progress designed to take courts like this all across the nation. That act has now been passed and signed into law thanks to people like Judge Holder and others who saw the need. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, my name is Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner. And I have with me today, Gregory P. Holder, Judge Holder of the 13th Judicial District, I am so pleased that you came down to be on the show, and you were one of the early people in Veterans Court. Isn't that correct? Bill, I was the second judge. Uh, judge Lieutenant Colonel Richard Weiss, uh, now retired Army Reserve Lieutenant Colonel, started the court um, a couple of years before I took it over. And at that time, the court addressed only misdemeanors, only crimes punishable by up to 364 in the county jail. With the consent of the chief judge then, Manny Menendez, and then the chief judge currently, Ron Figueroa, we expanded the court. How did the, Whose idea was it to have a court like this? This has become really the showcase court of this nature in the entire United States, but... Was it Judge Weiss's idea, or was there other people involved that got it going? There were two men that I credit totally with okay. creating this court. One, Judge Weiss, and two, uh, Colonel D.J. Reyes, Army retired, uh, former G2. I know D.J. well. Former G2 to General Petraeus, and uh, just The Energizer buddy. He is. <laughs> He's always on the move. One of these days, we'll have him down to talk. Because he's involved in just about everything. He really is. Today, he's at a veteran hiring event. I didn't realize that he, I knew he was involved in the program, but I didn't think that far back. He was mentor number one. And wow. He, and he sought out Judge Weiss and said, I want to help. And he helped create this program. And then, of course, when I was assigned the duty, he came to me and and I said, hold on, DJ, because we're going to expand this program. Super. I, I mentioned it to a group of vets this morning, about 75 or so, and it was amazed that they didn't know about it. And the average people out on the street really don't know 
that this veterans court even exists. So maybe we want to give it a little bit of an idea of what it is and how it works. Uh, we know Judge Shante is now in charge of the court. He is. And he's a great guy, too. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely love him. Army Lieutenant Colonel, Reservist, JAG, and I swore him in 18 years ago into the Army You're Reserve. Reservist also and retired now, correct? Correct. So once it got started and you got into the position, you began to expand from misdemeanors on into other things. Felonies. So where are we now? Well, currently, any crime can be considered for entry into the Veterans Treatment Court. Felonies are any crime punishable by more than a year in the Florida State Prison. So obviously, the stakes are much higher. What we felt was, Colonel Reyes, myself, the chief judge, we needed to expand the program in order to truly assist veterans in need. Because if a veteran was charged with a misdemeanor, he or she might say, look, it's so little time, I really don't want to deal with the rehabilitation in this program, the requirements in the program. Oh, okay. There's much more incentive for a felony. If you're going to the big house. Exactly. You know, it's interesting when you look at it and you say, why should veterans be treated different than other people? I have my own thoughts on that. I have an answer for that. But I'd like to hear your answer. These men and women, in a time of war, have raised their right hand and sworn to God to support, protect, and defend the Constitution. At one time, they earned the respect that they were due. They have since fallen by the side. And just as in times of conflict, as every veteran knows, we leave no man or woman behind. This is not a handout, it's a helping hand back up. We have the resources using the Veterans Administration as well as state and county resources to help these men and women and get them back on track. And truly, we save this county over $3 million each year in incarceration costs. Not to mention a reduction in recidivists. Absolutely. That doesn't even consider the monetary aspect of recidivism, repeat offenses. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I find it interesting what you have to say because I kind of feel the same way. I just remember a time when I was very small and we, my mother and dad took me into a gift shop and there was a little sign there that says, if you broke it, you bought it. And we've broke a lot of our people, putting them out in the field. You know, some of these people are going back six, seven, and eight times to a combat zone. The deployment and operational aspects of today's active duty and reserve and guard, and we need to consider every aspect of the total force, is just unbelievable. Our own son, my wife and I's son, and my wife's a veteran of 23 and a half years, Army oh, and really? Air Force. My father, 21 and a half years through two wars, fathered his way through the Pacific, World War II, was on a ship on his way to Pearl Harbor on December 7 when they got the radio oh, wow. message. You know, my mother was active duty. I was born at Selfridge Air Force Base, Mount Clemens, Michigan. I know that Air Force Base well because I when I was very young, my grandfather had an airplane in Detroit, and my grandmother 
uh, step-grandmother, mm-hmm. flew it, and I'd go flying with her when I was about eight. And we'd fly up towards Selfridge, and as soon as they heard a woman on the radio, it went wild. <laughs> well, my mother served there, and and then, of course, our son and daughter were born at MacDill Air Force Base. Our son is a graduate of the Air Force Academy 2008. Oh, how wonderful. Currently a C-17 pilot. And now the aide to the only female four-star in the world today, General Marianne Miller, the commander of Air Mobility Command. Oh, wow. What a wonderful thing. It's a great honor. He's obviously earned it. He has earned it. He uh, played football at the Air Force Academy. He liked chemistry so much he took it twice at the Air Force Academy. (laughs) I did that with English, Tony. I took it three times. But uh, he enjoys serving, and our family, entire family, our lives are based on service. So how does Veterans Court, with all your veteran background, and of course Judge Shante's background, and all the people serving and that court, how does it differ than if they went to a regular court? We, I don't even know if the term regular court is, is appropriate. We call it a line division. Okay. But, The difference is we have the resources to immediately act on whatever that veteran needs. If it's drug abuse, if it's domestic violence, we can get them into rehabilitation through the VA. And, of course, my classmate was the secretary of the VA when I was the judge presiding over Veterans Treatment Court, you know, Robert McDonald. And so I had but to pick up the phone to call Bob. And we had resources you know, through Haley, through St. Petersburg, obviously. Bay I'm Pines. a big proponent of Haley. I think Haley is a fabulous hospital. It is. It is doing just life-altering, life-changing work for the benefit of all veterans. So how does a veteran going in there, if a veteran commits a crime, mm-hmm. how do they, first of all, know the court exists if many of the people don't know? Excellent question. We actually send uh, Julianne Holt, who spoke on your program, has a Navy veteran, Jason Gonzalez. Jason goes into the jails and identifies the men and women that are eligible for the Veterans Treatment Court. Oh, okay. After he identifies those men and women, the Public Defender's Office acts to obviously have Judge Shanti now accept those men and women into the court. So it's a process. So the public defender's office then is the one that brings them into the court, and then the court decides whether or not they're eligible. Or private attorneys as well. But the court must make that connection, that nexus between the crimes or disability that this veteran is suffering from and his or her service. I mean, these days... It's going to be really hard to make that connection. You know, it really isn't. I mean, when you listen to what these men, and we have access to their military records, okay. their awards, their decorations. And Where they were, actions. how they served. Exactly. We trust, but we verify. And that's Colonel Reyes' job and the mentors to obviously talk to these men and women and see what they need from a human perspective. Now, once they get into the court, how is it different than if they were in, let's say, let's use the term civilian court? They sign a contract. 
They agree to oh, participate. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Every man or woman in Veterans Treatment Court, every defendant signs a contract agreeing with Judge Shante that they will complete the rehabilitative steps that he sets forth. He does that in conjunction with a team. And we have this holistic approach, not only the mentors, but we also have social workers that go out and meet with these men and women. And then, of course, we have a toxicologist, a volunteer, Dr. Sharon Kelly, assisting the court. Again, totally free. Taxpayers don't pay a dime. She does this on her own. Wow. And so this team what a wonderful thing. gets together once a week and discusses each and every case. And currently, Judge Shante has between two and 300 veterans in his court. I had no idea. I've talked to him several times, but he's never talked about the volume that he has. We have the largest veterans treatment court in the nation. We have the largest veterans treatment court mentor staff in the nation under the leadership of Colonel Reyes. Yeah, many of those people are my friends. And I just, I just think too. the world and all of them are just right. great guys. They're Jim Fletcher. Oh. Jim is Jim, a saint. I will nominate him for sainthood. He, he, the, the, you know, but it's really hard because there's so many of them in there that are really, really great people. In fact, they're all great they're, people. They're all great men. And what I world. like that I'm seeing here is the integration. You mentioned the integration uh, with Chad Cronister. Absolutely. With his new situation, our sheriff, separating out the, the right. veterans into a, a separate pod, pod for yep. I don't know where the term pod came from, but the, the sheriff used it, so no. I no, they it. are pods in the sense of a circular entity. And then having Julianne on talking about what the, you know, I, I fell victim, honestly, to watching too many TV shows about what the people in the public defender's office were like. I had no idea of the kind of professionalism that comes out of that office. Julie Holt's one of the finest public servants I've ever met. I, I don't doubt that. And the more I listen to her and the more I talk with her, the more I'm really kind of proud that we have that kind of judicial system here within our county. Well, Julie works with Andrew Warren, our state attorney. And again, it's a collaborative relationship because this is a treatment court. Right. The goal of every member of that court staff is to rehabilitate that man or woman, graduate them, and have them return to society, you know, without the demons that they've faced. Today's guest, by the way, is Gregory Holder, Judge Holder, 13th Judicial District, the second judge in Veterans Court, and one of the people that moved it along, and is still you still got your hand in it. Every day. Seems like you're always up there and you're always doing something, so you must stay on top of it. Well, currently we have a federal bill that DJ and I have been following as members of the Veterans Court Alliance. It's a national alliance, and that bill hopefully will be on the president's desk by the end of the month, and it will provide federal funding for veterans treatment courts and mandate a veterans treatment court in every jurisdiction. Won't that be wonderful? It will be. We broke them. Time we fixed them. It is. Judge Holder, I thank you so much for coming on the air with me today. I'm Bill Hodges. This is Veterans Corner. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll talk to you again on Veterans Corner. And again, Judge Holder, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. 
You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.